So I've been meaning to do a podcast for years now. Friends have told me, do it, Al. But somehow, that final piece of confidence that lets you know this is his will just wasn't there. So it's fallen to anchor to host my podcasts. I'm speaking from Mumbai, India. This is lockdown time. This part of the extended lockdown has been nicknamed Lockdown 5.0. This is the 5th of June and the entire June, month of June is celebrated, is supposed to go into the lockdown. I've had a lot of time on my hands, of course. And work from home takes up a goodly bit of the day, but this one has left me with an unprecedented degree of time to reread the word. And so I've been rereading the Bible. And it's fascinating because I'm rereading it for the umpteenth time. And it is presenting gems I had absolutely not expected to find. I thought I'd read it as carefully as one would. But this time I'm seeing little bits that I was completely unaware of. I found the Gospel of John very fascinating. When you study the Gospels, you study them as synoptic Gospels, one-view Gospels. But when you study synoptic Gospels, you do Mark, Matthew, and Luke, but you don't do John. So when you read John, you're reading a piece of record that is in many ways quite separate from the evaluation that is presented of all the four Gospels. We'll get into this in a later podcast, but this time I was absolutely transfixed by some of the things I read. One of the things I was reading was in the chapter immediately after John 17, the intercessory prayer of Jesus Christ. And in this entire episode, so to speak, it's astonishing to see what is the level of conspiracy that was directed at Jesus by the Sanhedrin. They first planned to kill Lazarus, and when they couldn't accomplish that, they went with plan B, which was their original plan A, kill Jesus. Schofield's old Bible says that every single tenet of jurisprudence was violated in Jesus' trial. He was tried overnight for once, something that was forbidden. And because this involved death, there was a specific protocol of spiritual exercises required of the priests before they condemned a man to death. And these were not done either. It's absolutely astonishing how Jesus bore the whole ordeal in silence. He spoke a couple of times. He spoke with enormous wisdom and with cunning. This was the man who has 
preached in Matthew 6 that you should be as innocent as doves, but as cunning as snakes. The fine line that divides innocence and cunning in a very spiritual way is obliterated when you are able to keep your innocence and still exercise the maximum ingenuity and imagination when answering under pressure. But then again, at the most critical times when he could have said something to save his own neck, he kept silent. We like to view the gospel records as Jesus was a teacher. But it's interesting to see at what point in his life he kept silent. I remember in Revelations 8, there was a great silence in heaven because horrible things were going to come after that silence. And it was not worth it. In Jesus' silence, in his mind, to say anything and worth it to keep his composure. I'd like to know why he was silent. Was it because it was pointless? Was it because he did not want to get in the way of the fulfillment of God's plan? Was it because he did not want to say anything that would give Pilate a reason to free him? Was it because of his obedience, humility, his abject surrender to the plan of God? These are all good questions. The answers, persuasive answers seem to present themselves. But when we are all in heaven and face to face with Jesus Christ, he will tell us not just his story, but the rest of the story. In the meantime, here on earth, this makes for compelling reading. I read in the Gospel of John that Jesus knew what was in the heart of man, so he did not make any commitments to man. In another part of the Gospel, God so loved the world. Think of it, God so loved a world that he knew what was in the heart of the world. There were no illusions in Jesus' mind about who he was paying this price for. But his estimation of our value was his father's estimation of our value. Just a couple of weeks ago, a believer friend sent me a little text message that said, it has been estimated that the population of earth from the very beginning of man till today is about a hundred billion people. I don't know how long Jesus will wait till he comes back. But let us say, for example, the population of earth in all of history will be 200 million billion people when he comes back then we have only one thing to consider. The sins of all 200 billion people. 
were placed on Christ that afternoon at Calvary. So great was his agony that God turned his back on him because righteousness could not fellowship with sin. And that made Jesus cry out, Eloi, Eloi, Lamai Sabachthani. The book of Isaiah tells us, by his stripes we are healed. Two things to consider here. How deep were the stripes, physically and spiritually? And what kind of pain did the strikes inflict physically and spiritually for us to be healed? This is my very first podcast and I'm getting used to the idea of closing my eyes and doing a Bible study. One usually looks at an audience of believers. One usually is able to make eye contact with the congregation. I hope to be able to do justice to this new opportunity, the opportunity that has been waiting for a very, very, very long time. I hope this podcast finds years that God have led to this podcast. I hope I bless you. I hope I edify you. I love you with the love of the Lord. Thank you very much.